Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Viking Season 2, Episode 7, Blood Eagle. I have been looking forward to this one. Written, of course, by Michael Hurst, directed by Carrie Scoglin. I gave it a 10 out of 10. If my anticipation wasn't enough to give it away, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I was already uh referencing it i think in the last two episodes that there's one coming up that i really really love and this is this is it this is it i love how the politics are played we're seeing the juxtaposition between two men of ambition putting putting their their uh their moves on the chessboard and the the last couple of episodes man shit just shit just gets so good that's just one of the things about this season i'm not sure i think season two is my favorite season we'll find out when we watch season three and then season four i remember the second half of season four being so fucking good but i'm not sure about i think season three i liked a lot but i think i also i had feelings so enough pre or forecasting my thought process let's just talk about blood eagle but before we do wherever you're listening to this podcast podbean stitcher apple Podcasts, amazon spotify do me a favor go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe and if you want to send feedback on vikings or any other show that i am doing couch at gmail.com the soundtrack in the beginning of this episode is noise as king horrick and his bitch face looking spoiled son ellen deer make their way to ragnar's hall there is a lot of analogy with the with the animals this episode ragnar is holding a rat when he comes in which is some brilliant exposition on his feelings of the king who wonders if he's going through with his execution of Jarl borg which i don't know why he would think that he just went through all of that just to just to stay of execution i was just proving a point he kills the rat which is certainly an answer uh, the king says look we still need ships and warriors for a raid on wessex for a successful one so he asks ragnar to stay his hand even though he understands or states he understands why he must kill the man ragnar has sent out word for allies and asks king herc if they are still allies and the king only states that he wants revenge he will have his revenge on king Eckbert and what come may is his his uh response which isn't really a response but both men definitely are playing a a delicate dance here because while the king is the king ragnar certainly has the reputation to garner a, a lot more respect and thus the king can't shit all over him in the same manner in which he was doing his previous earls your yarls whatever the case may be in wessex king ayla you haven't seen him in a while and his daughter judith and his wife come to visit king eckbert for an alliance between well first they just want to talk out the situation with the vikings uh so it's northumbria and wessex they spend a lot of time saying god save england athelstan has found his christian groove back at least it would seem to athelwulf's delight back in kattegat oh yeah i think they're right outside of kattegat helga tells floki she is pregnant and despite floki thinking he will be a terrible father decides helga is right they will be happy let's get married ragnar can't come though he makes the excuse of 
look i i build his ships i built him anytime a person starts thinking that they had a influence in how someone else rose to power they're entirely delusional in a sense now there are people probably that do like oh no i gave you all this money so on and so forth but floki even saying that line means that he is too emotionally invested one in ragnar but to the point where he thinks he deserves some type of credit and i'm like yeah you built the boat you're a brilliant boat maker no one's gonna take that away from you but you didn't fight the earl previously injured like a motherfucker even though you saved his life right you still didn't challenge the man and then follow through with that challenge and defeat him you know what i mean so i think that yes i'm giving you benefits that you deserve for saving my life but for you to say something like i made you that's when it's always taking it a step too far but he also follows it up and i kind of was okay with this explanation that ragnar has everything i don't want him to have something that's private between us but on the other hand what helga is saying is this is one of your closest friends how could you possibly not have them at your wedding but she accepts it bjorn (laughs) is it bjorn did i just give him that name or (laughs) now i can't not if that's not his real name i don't know bjorn (laughs) now i'm just saying bjorn (laughs) hopefully that's his name i don't know why i'm having a moment where i think that's not his name he whines to his father he isn't brought into his confidence but he points out you would have known what was going on when shit was popping off because i did send someone for you but you was too busy thinking with your little head instead of your big one i will decide what and how you should be brought into my confidence based on your actions and what i see you earning not what you think you deserve because of your birthright because that's what he says i'm your son so i should know what's going on he also says i will give you some advice as a father though don't make my mistake and then they pan to aslog can't go 50 50 with no hope ragnar's looking at his son and in his mind he's thinking you've been raised a little soft right he is thinking you're out here trying to play romance you think i should know everything that's going on because i'm the prince of the house but you're a little spoiled and i'm not just gonna give you something or give you my respect not even yeah well respect in that sense when you have not done anything in which to earn it and it's not even that i'm not making no virtues to you but of course the son doesn't want to be criticized he just wanted to be praised by the father that he hasn't seen and hear or worshiped for so very long so i get both sides of it aslog is having a painful pregnancy and admits to siggy she is afraid that she is going to bear a monster as she warned ragnar not to force himself upon her which we never saw by the way she says i don't know why i say the words that i do to ragnar but god chose them white people be like not god but god's and this reminds me of someone with your girlfriends you talking shit about your ex just so they can have a bad idea of them even though they're not nearly as bad as you trying to make them out to because you want a sympathetic ear that's what she's doing right now siggy pays a guardsman to allow king horik access to borg who is pondering how astonishingly horrifyingly painful his death is going to be how could this happen in me Horik isn't going to enjoy his death he remarks but borg isn't fooled knowing the thing that has changed because you was doing everything in your power to shit all over me but now that ragnar has humiliated you and both of us can see his ambitions are coming for your damn crown 
because his fame eclipses he knows that you are only here because of that and you know that i'm right borg tells him if he was in his position he would facilitate his escape so that he can kill ragnar and make rollo earl as he is far more pliable and still bears the lothbrook name Horat gives him his wife's skull as a sign of allegiance meanwhile ragnar is talking to the seer about his dreams of athelstan my shipper heart was all over this scene he comes to him looking for him in his dreams athelstan like baby i'm here but he doesn't know where he is is he in Valhalla or is he in hell this showcases ragnar's ability to believe in both religions is viable knowing if he is still pagan he would be dead in Valhalla because he died in battle but if he were christian as he believes him to still be he would be in hell for believing in pagan beliefs or yeah one or the other that precious concern even for his afterlife is so telling i love you bitch oh my God. i ain't gonna never stop loving you bitch. he asked the seer you need to tell me where he is because he says he's alive why are you playing with that snake bruh but i realize that there's a reason why he's playing with the snake because he is the snake right now predatory uh and we saw him earlier kill that rat he tells him where he is he's like he's with someone you know a person of high rank a king he didn't need to go through all them titles like uh someone you know a king as we see athelstan visited by a raven which is the sign of odin ragnar is supposedly per legend the son of odin and then and thus he knows his base still with him even though his soul is tormented his small smile <laughs> rollo is showing his prowess in the banquet hall kicking ass blindfolded speaking norse Rolo has come a long way even though not as emotionally <laughs> as we find out a little bit later uh this is one of my favorite scenes ever in the entire series with the music and ragnar behind the scenes how it was shot uh everything about the directing in this episode was spectacular the lighting uh, Ragnar in the shadows watching everything unfold. I got my eyes on you. I feel like previously Ragnar has always been a badass and a person who speaks on what he truly believes in, but for the first time we're seeing the rising gangsta, you know, who's playing politics, who's being a little insidious with the people around him. And thus he is uh he is ascending on that on that power scale rollo is still being kept out of his confidence as well so he's the same he's in the same category as as bjorn and i don't know god i'm just gonna be so bothered by that i don't know why maybe because i keep thinking of bjork maybe that's it but I mean he's clearly loyal to his brother he saved his life multiple times now and he's like i don't understand why we're not just getting rid of our enemy well the king said he wants us to wait why are you making concessions to him because he's the king and here's here's ragnar's flaw for me he scoffs when rollo doesn't get it rollo is far more brawn than brain we know this and Ragnar certainly dismisses even his need to understand like well if you don't get it then you don't get it that's not how you treat family and it's not how you you know build a more of a bond 
Ragnar sees Rolo more as his his de facto weapon than he does as someone who is on his level and that could be a little infuriating that could be a whole lot of infuriating and I know that we give Rolo all the shit when he definitely deserves it but Ragnar certainly not without his criticisms Bjorn can't take no for an answer from Porin is it Torin? I feel like it's spelled Porin but we pronounce it Torin still focusing on the wrong part of his anatomy Ragnar just shaking his head like this fucking kid and his hormones but you know how it is when you're just like you see your kid doing exactly what you did at your age and for some reason you think that they're not going to go through the exact same shit and have to learn the exact same lessons but you think if you could tell them to prevent it then that's going to prevent it it's like no that's just i mean you can tell them all you want to but you know especially if they yell like a child what did you do yeah well that's why i'm not surprised all you could do is try try to cushion the blow when they fall or just be there as a cushion when they fall instead of being like i told you i told you torvi or aslog rings torvi no not torvi helgi helga wow i'm all over the place right now abandoned and further along in her pregnancy something to drink saying she feels sorry for her floki and helga are both weird so of course (laughs) helga would respond oh it's the same for all women we give birth to the slaughtered what the fuck is wrong with you as a person probably one of the only ass lock funny scenes ever because <laughs> her face was definitely relatable like what <laughs> crazy Rolo told bjorn to simply rape the woman because she's a slave that's what you need to do about your torrent situation oh, Lord. but luckily Anki, uncle floki tells him Rolo is an idiot <laughs> you just need to be patient with the woman and also warriors feel the pains of the heart don't worry they just don't show it until their axes reveal it you are so wise uncle floki no i'm a jokester but that's what i think he wants people to see him as siggy asks about helga's situation and when she tells him ragnar's blessing isn't needed for them to wed Siggy beelines for Horik to tell him that Floki and Ragnar may be on the outs. He's like, what do you mean? They're best friends. I don't know. She, she don't even say nothing. She's like, I'm just telling you what I fucking heard. In Wessex, Eckbert too is making moves as he talks King Ayla into a marriage alliance between their children, not only to repel the Northmen threat, but to unite against Mercia whose sister or who's uh yeah the sister killed the brother to take the throne and that their lands can be divided between them but ayla even drunk says what stops you from turning on your smaller ally well let's marry our children someone is consolidating their portfolio then we get a boring ass christian wedding juxtaposed against a much much more satisfying i don't want to say funner because that it's not a word enjoyable viking one with king horik in attendance but not ragnar an envoy arrives with news for ragnar who is playing with torsten in the great hall like teens shooting weapons at objects on their head while drunk he's like you son of a whore Earl instead offers an alliance and an agreement to meet if he still needs said ally. Rolo tells Siggy, uh, of course, Ragnar agrees to it. I like the little playful scene where he saved him. He, he jumped right in front of him, like, uh, <laughs> he said he didn't know, <laughs> but he knew what his friend would do, just fucking with the messenger. Arella tells Signy, Siggy, who tells Horik, who visits Borg, who tells him he will set Borg free so that they can k- 
kill Ragnar because there's allies in Ragnar's camp that they can utilize. Siggy justifies sleeping with Horik as she's being fucked by Rolo as if he and Ragnar because and she justifies it as like if you and Ragnar fall out you should have a choice because he is a king and don't underestimate that. while in his bath ragnar decides to go into great detail to bjorn about what a blood eagle is and what he is about to perform if he suffers in silence the person being blood eagle they may enter valhalla but if they scream they are forbidden entrance they are interrupted in this deep moment by torsten who can barely contain his mirth as he tells him earl instead is here and will meet him in the woods earl instead is none other than our baby boo lagatha cold ass bitch i give raw chills 10 different looks and my looks so kill i kiss him in the mouth i feel all grills heat in the car that's my song wheels Woo! i was born to flex yes diamonds on my neck i like boarding jets i like morning sex but nothing in this world that i like more than checks money all i really want to see is the money i don't really need a d i need the all a bad bitch need is the money i got bands in the coop busting up the roof i got bands in the coop touch me i'll shoot neither can contain their delight in the fact that she can show up his equal and he gets to spend some time with someone he trusts the circling of ragnar is definitely flirty and enough to make one drop their panties because she could not even contain her smiles and he doesn't not access her assess her worthiness asking how many ships and how many men you bring to the table ally he doesn't want an earl but he does want lagatha and the two ride off and he makes fun of the earl instead she's like i didn't want to give my name because i thought you wouldn't accept me and he's like yeah i know i know you just did it because you wanted to surprise me looking all stunted out i see you girl coming up in the world this spells disaster for borg who is visited by bjorn feeling bad for him but not inclined to stop it like oh no we ain't friends don't employ yourself to me motherfucker i'm just here because you're a human being and you should have some food because you're gonna need your strength before the ordeal that is coming up you know you shouldn't be alone ragnar watches lagatha kick ass and take names with her troops and i think it is beyond sweet how he immediately jumps to assist his wife up the steps and pull out a chair for her it's this shit that lagatha fell in love with because many other viking men aren't like ragnar particularly with their attention to their ladies he thinks the gods are having fun with him especially when aslog admits to liking lagatha and wants to be her and she is formidable ragnar's reaction was gold all i do is win 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 no matter what such a free moment juxtaposed to big daddy vengeance ragnar minutes later and you see the transition happen in his eyes the snake comes for borg who was playing with a rat earlier he thinks he is beyond he's being rescued but quickly realizes he cannot escape his fate when he runs into the middle of the prepared ceremony to witness what is about to go down this is the end beautiful prayer this is the end my only friend the end as truly horrific his death was it was filmed beautifully you know we didn't see it but we saw it you know the way in which he described what was going to happen earlier to get it in your mind so when you see him taking the knife you know he's slitting you know and then when you see him take the the axe you know he's breaking the ribs so you're flinching as there that he's going through the pain and then the the blood spatter and then you see the blood around it was all about the tease of what's happening versus 
directly witnessing it it was just well dramatized uh him giving his pregnant wife his cloak saying goodbye to his dead wife's skull the ceremony of it all him putting his hands up like this was a performance it was performance art for both men in a way and it was a power move and thus while it starts off very much a punishment and is a punishment it becomes a cemented part of history no one's gonna forget this shit because it's not very often you see anyone do the blood eagle so it's not even just an ordeal for the person that's happening to it's something for the person that's doing it torvi passes out then the music hits ragnar his face the commitment the stone cold commitment but then the compassion when he rubs his face the strength of borg because he doesn't make a sound but can't hold himself up so ragnar helps him regain his position as he's kneeled and the two men look at each other with borg nodding like let's finish this shit because there's respect here um so they go down in infamy the horror of the wide shot with ragnar walking away with chef's kiss to the to the end everyone witness to that shit is never gonna forget it and horror definitely sees who he's fucking with and i think the men are circling each other and i cannot wait to see how things unfold but i can't wait to hear the feedback for this week so let's hop into the mailbag This is Mimi. This is Feedback for Vikings Season 2, Episode 7. Um, this episode had me just really a little confused. I'm pondering and wondering and just something is not adding up here. Um, the first thing is uh, Floki, when he found out he was going to be a dad. Like, I was on his side, though. You were going to be a terrible father because you're fucking crazy. Um, he's very unpredictable. Children um, are unpredictable. Not a good combination. I feel like, like you said, he's a radical. Like, what if your kid has questions about paganism? Like, I feel like you might not fare well with that. But, you know, that's a long time from now. I'm not going to speculate we can think about that later but when he was like we're, we don't need Ragnar's blessing like why is he all of a sudden upset with Floki uh, upset with Rolo Floki is upset with Rolo oh I said that wrong so like why is he mad at him I I don't comprehend like I've never got the impression that Floki wanted power and I've always got the impression that he was Ragnar's like bestie whether Ragnar thinks that of him as his best friend I can't tell you but I've always got the impression that Floki thought Ragnar was his best friend and now that Appleton isn't there like I feel like their relationship should be stronger and I'm just I'm confused on where this animosity came from because it just seems like out of nowhere like i know he's always taking shots at appleton but it didn't seem like ragnar put him in his place about it he just let him say whatever he wanted to say like you know you feel how you feel and let it out like so i i'm just a little bamboozled i'm also a little shook and confused about um siggy with king horrid horrid I feel like I'm saying his name right, wrong, because horrid just seems comical. That can't be right. Um, it seems uh, like I was right last episode. Uh, Rolo did know he was, she was messing with him. Um, I know that their relationships 
within Viking culture are a little bit different. I just, I'm not, I don't know what the rules are. So I'm not going to pretend to think that, like, he's doesn't have the right to be upset. Like, I feel like if he thought they had something special and their relationship had evolved and he wasn't messing around and he thought they were ex um, exclusive, I mean, I guess I could understand why he's upset. But she's not of childbearing age anymore. It's less likely for her to be pregnant, get pregnant. I'm not saying it's impossible because she looks like she's in her 40s. It doesn't look like she went through menopause yet. So she could still have a baby. Um, and I even know someone who got pregnant when they were going through menopause and that baby slipped right in before she was completely um, infertile. So, I mean, it's possible. I know that. So I can't, like, is he concerned that she's going to end up having a baby by the king or they're just not going to know? Or is it that, you know, I can sleep around, but you can't? Or, like, I'm, I'm just confused on his reaction. Like, he's clearly upset about it. And we learned, she told him, she even told the king, everything I do is for Rolo. And, you know, it made a lot of sense. She's like, he's the king. And your brother isn't. And you got to remember that. If it ever becomes a time when you got to make a choice, I want you to have that option. And I and I felt that. And I was proud of her for it. Um, it's hard to, you know, be a woman, especially one of her statue, and be, like, knocked down some pegs. And she was even to the point where she was, like, I, I don't know what you call it, like, uh, the like the the helper to the the woman married to the girl so i guess uh you know her ambition you know wanting to pull rollo up is really just benefiting her because we know that she's upset about and just constantly angry about her loss of position even to the point where she's like you know you know, am I supposed to just be grateful for uh, Ragnar for not killing me? It seems like she feels like at this point, maybe she want to die because she lost her husband. Well, before that, she lost all of her sons. Then she lost her husband and then she lost her daughter. So it's really just her. And she has Rolo. So I feel like she feels like maybe this is all she has. And I don't know. I just, his reaction was not what I expected. And I'm just... I, I just don't think I understand enough about, or maybe I haven't paid attention enough to Viking culture to understand if he has the right to be upset, if his reaction was appropriate, or if it was like an underwhelmed reaction because it should have been more, more of it. He was choking her out, and I was concerned for her life there for a minute. Um, and Rolo's been re being really sweet lately and like a, a good person. So it, it seemed kind of like the old Rolo. Um, and he been looking real fucking good lately. And I just want to point that out, like looking fine. Like, I mean, he's always had a nice body, but I don't know. It's just something in this last season where his facial expressions have changed. He doesn't always look like he's scowling. And he's been looking real good with the teeth. So I just want to point that out. And um, those are the questions I need you to answer for me. Just, you know, with Siggy and Rolo, um, and then the other, uh, oh, it's Loki, and the other thing I guess I'm, you know, trying to figure out is, are we to assume that because the king went in there and told y'all, Lord, you know, yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna kill Ragnar, that he really was gonna do it, or was he playing him? I, I feel like he was serious, but maybe he was like, I don't need you. Because um, it seemed like once they had an ally, the king was like, okay, bitch, I don't need you anymore, so you're disposable. That's what it came across to me. Um, I might have misinterpreted that, so feel free to explain it to me. Um, but I also feel like, you know, Ragnar is always paying attention, and he was just lurking. And I don't know if, if we're supposed to assume that he could really hear them. Like, they weren't far away, but they were talking about him as if he wasn't there. Maybe, like, or am I supposed to, uh, like, take it that they didn't see him 
and he heard everything that was going on because the conversation was very loud so I feel like he had to have heard what was going on but he was keeping everything so he must know what's happening and what's being planned um, I never really trusted the king when he uh, told them told uh, Ragnar that he didn't want uh, uh, Yarborg there and you know you better tell him that we decided that we don't trust him just like you don't trust your brother I knew he was a shitty fucking king and just like the Christian king very untrustworthy literally backed out of his work and then made Ragnar be the one to bear the bad news and take the blame even though it was not his fault he looked really pissed about it as you, as you pointed out um, and then for him to turn around last uh, or at the beginning of this episode saying or no last episode saying okay we need him so let's get this deal back this is your fault dude like you're the reason this whole shit went the way that it did because you're unfucking trustworthy so i think ragnar needs to watch his back um i also my other question was uh you know so yeah that's it with the king my other question is uh aslog because i remember her like when Ragnar finally came up to her and he was kissing on her shoulder and she said you know we have to like you know we can't do it until three days and he was like I just want to be with you just touch you um I you know I don't care about any prophecies like I took it as her saying if you want another son we got to do it in three days but he was like I don't care about that I just I need to be close to you but she was saying, she told, who was it, Siggy, that she said, if we do it within these three days before, I'm going to bear you a monster. I don't remember her saying that. And I, like, are, is she lying or did we, are we supposed to assume that she would, she would tell him the truth? Because I, I feel like I don't trust her either. She's very, I feel like she's manipulating things. And I know she says she, and even the, um, Seer says that they, you know, I only see what the gods allow me to see, and maybe that's true, but just, I, I don't know, I, I didn't even realize she was pregnant, um, and I don't understand, you know, how three days from now would change what the baby is, I guess it would depend on when it, like, the day it was born or whatever, but just the whole thing, and then when we see her again, she's very pregnant, I just, I don't know, I don't trust her, um, I'm still waiting on the sons that I know, so I guess maybe we will see. She has the one son with the snake in his eye, and then there's another one that's going to be a monster. I don't know what that prophecy means, but I don't like her. <laughs> I really don't. Um, and every time her, she opens her mouth, I like her less. Okay, so um, the last thing I want to talk about is the uh, your Earl that uh, came to aid. And they were like, you know, we didn't want to waste our time. And then they ended up meeting the girl in the woods. I was like, oh my God, please let that be um, Lagatha. Like, please. If you love me, show, and you, and you want me to love you and not be angry at all the guys, let that be her. And when I saw her step out, I was like, Yes, this is going to be fucking awesome. I love that she's going to be in the middle of this. I love that she wants to fight. I love she's not married to dude anymore. And I love that Ragnar has no idea. He just treats her as an equal. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. I wish I'd have seen the reunion with uh, uh, Bjorn with his mom and this, uh, her telling him what happened. Because um, it's a story that I feel like Bjorn would be really proud of. <laughs> um, and it has clearly been some time because she is, her face is uh, healed. She looked fucking awesome, per usual. So that was great. That was an awesome and epic moment. Um, and then once again, Aslog, when she was like, oh, I like her. And he's like, you like my ex-wife? My former wife? And she's like, yeah. And he had the face I had. I was like, who cares if you like her, bitch? Shut up. Why don't you just be with the man you took and let it go? She's clearly moved on with her life and, and figured shit out on her own. You suck, lady. I cannot stand her. 
Um, and then I guess the last thing before I end this is just Bjorn. I don't know what he sees in that girl. It was clearly like smitten at first sight. Um, but Floki's advice, it seems like like maybe it could be good advice, but I don't know if that should work on a slave girl. Because if she's used to being raped, which is what it is when you don't have a say-so, she's not going to be looking into your eyes trying to feel what you feel. So if you go ahead and just decide, you're like, let me just have sex with her so she can see that I love her. I don't think it's going to go how you want it to, Bjorn. Um, and then, I mean, it's clear. If the, I don't know what the rules are, but if you are the son of Ragnar Lothbrok and that's a slave girl, maybe you could just buy her. And then, you know, people used to buy their families from slavery all the time. Maybe that's what you can do. And then she can be, you know, you know, I can give you your freedom and you can choose to be with me or you can choose not to be with me. I think that would have been more of a better advice than what Floki had because I don't think having sex with someone who doesn't have a say so and then hoping she feels that you love her is the greatest idea but maybe i misunderstood what he said so i guess we'll see um so i'll end it here until next time love peace aries and black girl magic queen of the couch me me out oh oh gosh p.s i almost forgot i wanted to know if i was watching the end scene and when they executed um y'all board he, he, like they said, if you don't, if he doesn't scream, he could come into Valhalla. It was a moment in there where his mouth opened, and I, then we saw like the the hawk or the eagle or whatever it was. Are we to assume that he did not make a noise, or was that supposed to be him making a noise so he's not getting in? I don't know. We didn't have sound, but the vibe I got was he was gonna say something he saw the eagle he was like you are the eagle and then he's like oh yeah I'm a boss bitch let me not scream so I can go to Valhalla he took it like a champ but the way like just the whole thing was just so gruesome and it's like I guess you know Vikings are brutal where they need to be that was a pretty shitty ass execution but I did appreciate it because it gave him a chance to get into Valhalla because I would assume if you've been executed you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily have have that choice to, to be welcome into Valhalla so that was pretty I thought that was a nice way to allow him to even though you hated him he was still a warrior and that was I guess I, I, I don't want to say nice because it wasn't but I, I think that's a alternative that to, to being executed than than you know, and torture. Um, but like the way his like wife passed out, I was like, girl, just the, the look from what I see is making me nauseous. I can't even imagine being there. Like the whole thing just seems so brutal. It, it wasn't even that long of a process, but it sounded or it looked terrible. Like there were parts where he was putting some organs over his shoulder and he pulled him out through his back, so oh, he had to break rib cages, and oh, just too much. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my last question. Just so he did get in the Valhalla. That's what we're supposed to assume. He didn't scream. It just looked like he was about to. Right. Anyway, that's it. I'm gonna end it here. Um, Till next time. Bye. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. A little confused. All I can say is just watch uh some things i can i can't comment on but for the most part i'm just gonna say and you've already she's already watched it so uh he is going to be a bad father <laughs> i laughed at your confirmation like yeah of course he's gonna be a bad father and i i i kind of concur he's a rather i don't know but sometimes selfish people can change i don't know i would say at this at this stage it would not be uh incorrect to assume that yes his first instinct is probably correct um yes rollo found out because she knew that floki was gonna snitch to ragnar so she had no she had no choice but to to admit what she was doing to rollo before things went down 
they are not married but this is this is rollo expressing jealousy as floki pointed out warriors don't show their heart so she has her own autonomy and thus she can sleep with horik but she lets him know i am doing this and in uh in an effort to cement what you need going forward if they're seen if your brother doesn't come through you know you could trust your brother but it, it is good to be you're an ambitious man so you're also looking for that opportunity to make your own mark outside of your brother you're just not willing to screw over your brother now to do that Horik was all about it then he was all about letting Borg out but then then uh, Ragnar had Lakathashol with a hundred warriors and four ships which tips the favor back in Ragnar's court so even if you thought to go against him now you have two two people that are guaranteed to turn against you and you are now the outnumbered and you don't have enough people in your camp so he he couldn't do anything he was pretty much checkmated the minute lagatha showed back on the scene uh, as he said i've been portrayed by earls before uh, wagnar was watching the interactions but no he could not hear that's why rollo had to go up to the screen but everyone knows that he's watching so that's why you would see horik look over even though he could see siggy and horik talking he has no idea what they're saying to each other but he is they're showing him taking note of those interactions but also if you rewatch this scene which i probably have more times than than um <laughs> i could count you would see very clearly what's happening and that's why i'm not gonna say anything because when you go back and rewatch it it's gonna be like oh and that's one of the great things about a great tv show is that that you you want to go back and rewatch something to catch those things and you're like holy shit they did put that here but you know you're too busy trying to figure other things out that you're being directed misdirected so uh as stated for someone watching for the first time i'm not going to give it away but for mimi she's probably already seen so in this case i would say go back to this particular episode and you will see so much unfolding um she did say three she did say about the three days she says yes i got a prophecy because she is a vulva so as much as i don't like aslog aslug as much as you don't what the show is shown is that her powers are true she does get visions and one of the visions was is that if they have sex in the next three days that it will it will create a monster and he decides that he doesn't care about the prophecy he wants to have sex with his wife he wants to be close to her what is the the lie and all that is the way in which he told the story to siggy by saying not to force himself upon me that's something that she didn't say previously and that is a lie to the situation making it seem as if instead of a consensual sexual experience he forced himself on her and that's where she's pulling the bullshit and i called her out on it nope he did not uh, scream both of them saw the eagle and thus that is part of the redemption arc for anyone who's been condemned is that you you take your punishment you take ownership of your punishment we saw that in the first episode when the one guy said you know as soon as he was given his guilty verdict he didn't go or beg he just said how would you like to be uh murdered beheaded my lord you saw how he accepted his death and didn't make a sound or flinch or anything and the one guy who uh who was fucking screwed over 
um the one guy that got in bed in, with siggy and they just murdered him how he didn't scream that is your one way of getting into valhalla so there is that that mutual respect there uh and then both acknowledging that now this is a big ass moment for borg uh that he did make his amends so to speak to ragnar for his own actions um, and that's why he's allowed to get into valhalla by not making a noise right when he would have so uh yeah viking culture that's what i do love about uh michael Hurst's involvement is that he very much speaks to the cultural aspect of things and the showmanship even the wedding that we got this episode that is more based on their culture than what we got in vikings valhalla which only now seems to be focused on the political and christian aspect of it but even that is not the more i'm learning about vikings that's not they didn't fucking have those types of back and forth between each other between pagan because it was it wasn't something that everyone took this huge it was it was kind of a reminder of the romans that were before christianity everybody's god was on the table it was only until christianity wanted to become the dominant religion that all of a sudden none of the other gods were permitted but that didn't even happen until way until the 14th 15th century so it would have christianity would have just been another god in the pantheon 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 of gods that were around so that's a that's a hollywood manufacturing of what it would have been like between the religions and i'm sure there would have been others that definitely looked down on other religions like that's true the pagans looking down on but that's only because they think their god's better (laughs) not because your god doesn't exist and there's no other gods before me as in the ten commandments uh that is all the feedback we have unfortunately shy couldn't make it but i'm sure she'll be back for the next episode if you want to send feedback once again blackercouch at gmail.com until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic